Hey everybody, Ben Fredrickson here alongside Dave Matter for a new edition of the Eye on the Tigers podcast here at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. You can find it on stltoday.com, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, you should be able to find us there and all of, all of our other Post-Dispatch podcasts as well. Hockey, baseball, whatever you're looking for, soccer, you can find it and check it out in our stltoday.com podcast network. We're a growing podcast network, Dave. And we're pleased to be a part of it. Hey, Mizzou basketball is the topic today. A big week for Missouri. Two road games here starting Saturday at Tennessee. And then you've got the game at Auburn. Both teams that Missouri has been projected by, you know, the great Kim Pomeroy to lose to. But also two teams that have had some bumps in their own roads recently. You had Tennessee lose at uh, Vanderbilt on a buzzer beater. And Auburn has fallen here recently as well. So, are these teams kind of ripe for the picking? We're going to get into that in today's podcast. Let's start, though, with the win against South Carolina. Missouri has done a good job, Dave, of avoiding consecutive losses. They have lost back-to-back games only once this season. That was in kind of mid-January, A&M and Florida, both on the road. They have not lost consecutive games since. One thing we've learned about this team, Dave, is they do a pretty decent job of bouncing back. Yeah, and the way that game started, I mean, they just came – like they were shot out of a cannon. Uh, they had 14 points before the first media timeout. I mean, you're on pace for 140 points. Um, Noah Carter was just like, they threw a lob to him in the game. I mean, I hadn't even looked up yet, you know, from tip off. And he's he's got a huge dunk in the first few seconds and he hits a three and it looked like, okay, this is going to be one of those nights where they score 100. Unfortunately, they weren't playing very good defense and South Carolina was getting everything it wanted too. And, uh, you know, it was a tight game. It was South Carolina only had the lead, I think, for like three minutes. But man, it was it seemed like it was always a one or two possession game until Missouri finally got a double digit lead late in the in the second half on a Nick Honor three. And uh, then, you know, they had a comfortable lead. But South Carolina's they're truly awful this year. I mean, they fought hard. It wasn't an effort thing. They are arguably the worst uh high major team from the six major conferences, them and Cal are right there at the bottom of all the rankings. We're shooting team in the sec by far We're scoring team, but uh, they look pretty competent in that game. So I think a little alarming about Missouri's defense, but you know, the Tigers did just enough, very short bench. We'll get into that. Only three guys came off the bench. So that's the fewest uh, that, that Gates has used all season long. Kobe Brown took a, a punch to the eye and I, I don't think it was on purpose from uh, one of South Carolina's guards. And he was bleeding. It was a mess. He had a big puffy eye after the game. But he did come back in and play and had a really strong second half. So uh, solid win. It was kind of a trap game. But those are the ones you just need to advance and move on. Yeah, you take it. You don't look back. And you look forward to what what should be a pretty interesting week with big games against Tennessee and Auburn. And Missouri's in that spot, Dave, where – if you look at the NCAA tournament projections, they're in good shape. They're very much in as of now. Um, even in a game where you you beat South Carolina and your net ranking takes a hit, which yeah. tells you how bad of a loss it would have been. Avoiding bad losses is the key to Missouri making the NCAA tournament right now because they've got teams they should beat the rest of the way. These next two are not necessarily those kind of games. Can they get a win in the next two games? Can they potentially knock off Tennessee? We, we saw the volunteers go down against Vanderbilt. Their defense is one of the best in the nation, 
but they're having some offensive issues as well. Are they ripe for the picking or are they going to be motivated to bounce back after losing to their in-state rivals in Nashville? Yeah, if, if you can get a split in those two games, I, I think it's great for this team and for NCAA tournament seeding. It's not the end of the world if you lose both because they are both road games. Tennessee looks a little bit more vulnerable. Obviously, they lost to the buzzer beater to Vandy. Uh, they're, they're, they go in some real bad offensive funks where they just can't score. They're really struggling from three-point range the last few games. Their defense is elite. We know that. Uh, I think it's going to be hard for Missouri to, to score. I mean, that 70 is their magic number. They're undefeated when they score 70. You know, good luck doing that in Knoxville. Uh, but, you know, I, I think the way that Tennessee is struggling to shoot the ball right now, um, maybe that gives the Tigers a chance. But you know Rick Barnes is going to have that team ready. They're going to be upset that they lost to Vanderbilt. Um, you know, anytime you're on the other end of a court storming and you got a veteran team, you know, you figure you're going to come out pretty motivated. Uh, Auburn looks like the more winnable of the two just because Auburn's in a bit of a tailspin right now. They've lost four of five, and they're probably going to lose Saturday, uh, although it is at home because they play Alabama, and Alabama is, you know – even though they lost to Oklahoma back in the Big 12 Challenge, they are undefeated in SEC play. They just destroyed Florida on Wednesday night. Uh, so you figure, you know, Auburn is going to be – they're going to be the underdog at home against Bama. But if, if they have lost five of six, uh, they're going to be playing for their tournament lives at this point. And, uh, you know, at home where they're, where they're always tough. They did lose at home to A&M uh, earlier in the year, but – uh, two tough games from Missouri, by far the two toughest left on the regular season schedule. And that's why if you get a split, man, that, that would be really nice for their for their net ranking. Right now they're ninth in the SEC in the net. And that doesn't really matter where you stand in the conference because the, the selection committee always says it's more about where you stand in the bigger field. They're in the 50s. You, you want to get that up, maybe 49. Um, but you want to get that up, you know, they, they it feel better in the 30s than, than in the 40s or 50s. Um, but right now they're also just one game out of fourth place in the SEC. And we know the top four teams get that double buy uh, down in Nashville. So uh, it's really a, 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 there's a glut of teams right there between fourth, fifth, sixth and seventh uh, in the SEC standings. We kind of try to tell folks, hey, don't freak out about Missouri losing a game to Texas A&M. That Texas A&M team has now yeah. beaten Auburn twice this season um and Alabama it looks like meanwhile is starting to run away with this with this league they're they're just playing incredibly right now and that's Missouri's home loss in conference play so um things could improve for Missouri especially if they can grab one of these next two wins part of their ability to do that Dave is going to depend on who's on the floor we yeah. felt like we were distanced Mizzou was distancing itself from the Isaiah Mosley mystery situation and it seems to have returned back into that uh that conversation um Dennis Gates with some comments about Mosley's situation after the win against South Carolina said some interesting things at first said it was a kind of a mutual decision between the coach and Mosley to not play um then later said Isaiah Mosley wanted to play um he did say I was able to talk with him on during an interview on when I was on KTRS and he said it wasn't disciplinary. So he, he's, he's leaving these little clues that, you know, good luck trying to figure out. We know that it continues to be described as personal issues for Mizzou. Isaiah's got some things going on and Mizzou is very, being very tight lipped about what that is. But uh, it, it seems like this is not 
trending in the way that we thought it might when Isaiah Mosley came back, started starting, and it seemed to be like he was going to be a key starter for this team moving forward. We're now wondering, is he going to play? Is he going to start? Is he going to is he going to be available for this team? Um, and that's kind of where it was to start the season. Yeah, I mean, they're clearly better when he's on when he's with them in the rotation and playing well. Um, we can't forget they they did beat Illinois and Kentucky without him. Um, and those were that that's Illinois and Kentucky both. I mean, they're not vintage Illinois, Kentucky, uh, like they have been in years past, but they're still NCAA tournament teams are in Kentucky's case, at least, you know, probably on the right side of the bubble right now. Either way, those were very good wins and not just the wins. It was how well Missouri played without him since then, you know, they've lost Trago million to this growing injury, going injury. Uh, Aiden Shaw has been in and out of the lineup. Ronnie DeGray has been out for a while. So they don't have the depth that they had uh, earlier, and especially when they were almost at full strength. I don't think they've quite been completely at full strength really all year. Uh, but they've gotten into some games where, especially on the road, where they kind of struggle in the half court, and that is something that Isaiah can do. He can kind of unlock that offense with his ability to score and create his own shot. Uh, DeAndre Golston can do that, not as efficiently as Mosley. Uh, he's got some special talents that not many players have. So, yes, you're a better team with him. Uh, you can win without him. But if anything, it's just kind of this drama lingering, these these unanswered questions. And, it, again, I, I, folks, can, folks can blame the media. I don't, I don't care. We don't care. But it's not for a lack of trying. Uh, we, we've been trying to ask the questions. Folks in the athletics department don't even know. I mean, they really don't. They're coming to us asking what's going on. So this is not a situation where, like, there's some great secret being hidden by just a few people that are asking the questions in the media. So, um, you know, this is it's not a situation where we have access to the players, you know, like we used to. Uh, we, we talk to whoever they decide we can talk to after a game, one or two guys. Uh, so you don't really get a feel. You don't really get a your finger on the pulse of the team quite like you did in years past. Uh, new staff, new coach. Everybody's trying to get to know each other. I think it seems to be a sort of a sensitive topic. So uh, we'll wait and see. Every game's an adventure. Sure sounds like it's a combination of issues, too, not just uh, yeah. one. And, and I think this team has done a good job of, um, you know, avoiding letting this become a distraction that's hurting them on the court. Right. And, you know, we've seen, you know, heck, just dial back to the Michael Porter Jr., era not that long ago of how a, a lot of attention played to a player who's not playing can distract and perhaps even derail a team at times this doesn't have that vibe wow. we've seen enough of Mosley on the court now I don't think anyone is seriously arguing at least shouldn't be that this team can be its best version of itself if he doesn't play I mean that's that that three guard look that they have um, you know, when when Mosley is out there and they've got Hodge and Kobe, who's kind of a he's, he can he can play like a guard or he can play like a big. I mean, that's a potent combination. And when they don't have it and have other injuries, they are they're not they're not a, their ceiling is not as high as, as it could be. So we'll see if it trends back in the in the right direction. Um, you know, you look at the bracket matrix, Missouri is kind of in that eighth seed range. And they really only have games left against two of the teams that are seated above them in the SEC, and that's that's Tennessee and Auburn. So it's crazy to think that where the season started and our kind of meager expectations for it, that here we are saying Missouri really needs a win in one of these games to feel feel solidly in the NCAA tournament and not have to worry about maybe, you know, bubble bubble talk. But 
this season's expectations have changed on the fly and Gates has done Gates has done a good job of that um right now and let's look ahead a little bit what do you think this team's biggest threats are as a tournament team whether it's in the SEC tournament or the NCAA tournament and what are you most concerned about I would start with like if they show up and they see their first three pointers fall against anybody they could beat anybody I mean they have nights where they can just shoot the lights out and you can do that against good teams they did it against Iowa State so you can take a good defensive team and just kind of overwhelm them and they have that capability the defense is something, the rebounding is something that I think if, if it's really about matchups. So far, they've kind of been a matchup-oriented team where you kind of know the teams are going to struggle against, and they have. Um, that worries me a little bit because if you get the wrong team out of the gate, it could be over. Yeah, if, if you go up against a team, let, let's say like a more talented Mississippi State team that has one dominant big inside and a really good offensive rebounding team and a team that doesn't turn the ball over very much and give you – you know, free possessions. Those are the bad matchups for this team, a team that wants to slow it down and is okay slowing it down, but has, you know, more talent than a Mississippi state. Uh, that's, that would be, you know, a, a concern when you look at the bracket, whether like, again, like we said, whether it's in, in Nashville or wherever they end up in the NCAA tournament, I, I think that one good thing about, you know, their issues playing on the road, uh, Yes, they would be away from home in the NCAA tournament, but so would their opponents. So at neutral courts are a whole different thing. Uh, you know, it can neutralize, you know, some of those advantages, disadvantages to some degree. I, I still think the veteran element of this team uh, can be a real strength. Uh, these guys have played so many Division One college basketball games, not, not many in, in March, uh, not many tournament games, NCAA tournament games, but I, I would feel good about that better than I would if I had just a whole bunch of freshmen who, you know, just aren't used to being uh, in games that matter or, or don't, or haven't had like four or five years building up to badly wanting to be on that stage. And that's what these guys have. So uh, I do think that's an advantage. And like you said, when they start hot uh, now, not every time, like they remember at Florida, they got off to a huge lead. I think it was 11 to nothing and they still end up losing that game. So uh, they've got to be able to protect leads, but we, we definitely know at this point what kind of matchups are favorable and, and which ones aren't for this Missouri team. Yeah, how can they play? How can they find a way to win a game in a matchup that doesn't favor them? I think that's the – and they we saw a flash of it against Iowa State, a team that wanted right. to slow it down and play good defense, and how they do it? They turned them over like crazy, and they they sped them up, and their shots fell, and it was a game that, that looked like it wasn't even – you know, competitive at times. So, yeah. but, but can you, can you do it when you have to kind of dig it out more than just fire, be fired out of the gun when this team starts hot, like look out because their confidence grows and they get the tempo up. And those are the, those, those are, that's, that's how they beat Iowa state. It's how they beat Illinois and it's how they beat Kentucky. And there's no reason to think that they couldn't beat a team like that in a tournament setting. Are they going to play multiple games like that in a tournament setting? Probably not. So they'll have to maybe, you know, unlock some different doors to be able to do that. And I, I think one of the strengths could be that Gates and his staff seem to have a good game plan. It doesn't always work, yeah. but, but I do think you see them try different things in different games. Part of what limits you to be able to try that stuff is having a fully healthy roster with right. everybody available. And I, I think that they're kind of up against it now where they don't have all their guys and they've got some bad matchups and that, that makes for some tougher, tougher games. So Hopefully, for their sake, they get healthier and get Mosley back in the back on the right side of things, and then they're they can be back to kind of maybe 
maybe being up to their full potential. That kind of will wrap up our Hoops Talk Day. Let's talk a little bit about spring football because we have a date. We don't know much about practices. Eli hasn't uh, graced us with the schedule yet, but we have a date for the spring game, and that's something that a lot of people want to have on their calendar. Yeah, it's March 18th, uh, Saturday. It's In in typical Missouri fashion, it's 11 a.m. It will start, just like most of their games, it seems. Uh, And I I know some fans might complain about that a little bit, but I do think – this this isn't usually the case, but it is in the SEC. T- TV does play a role yeah. in when the spring game is because the SEC network likes to televise all these things, and they need to scatter them out so they can get you know uh, they're not they're not overlapping in their TV inventory. Also, that is a big weekend on the sports calendar. It's a humongous weekend for Mizzou sports. I, I was trying to tweet it out last night, but I'm just I'll try to refresh. For one, you got the NCAA tournament going. We have no idea if Mizzou, the men's team, will be playing on that Saturday. If they're in the Thursday-Saturday schedule and they win Thursday, then yes, they could be playing Saturday. Uh, That was the case two years ago. Uh, They didn't win their first round game, but they played Saturday in Indianapolis against Oklahoma. And I think it was the, maybe it was the day before, the day of, I can't remember, of the spring game, because I I know I wasn't there. (laughs) I I was not in Columbia, I was in Indianapolis. Also that day, Mizzou baseball has its first home SEC series against uh, this team called Tennessee, coached by some guy named Tony Vitello. So heard of that guy. That's in the afternoon. Another reason you, you don't want to have those overlap. Uh, the NCAA wrestling championships are that weekend in Tulsa. Missouri will try to go for a national championship or get some individual championships down there. Uh, Mizzou softball is at Florida. The SEC gymnastics championships are also that day. Uh, so it's going to be just a loaded Loaded day. Uh, thoughts and prayers for Ryan Coslin and his department uh, trying to uh, cover all those events. Uh, I don't know if, if Desiree Reed Francois can has some kind of portal that she can uh, beam herself from one event to the other, but she's going to have to pick and choose that day possibly. So uh, we'll have coverage some way, somehow. Uh, it's going to be a loaded day, but yeah, it's, it's kind of going to be a a very interesting spring. I don't know how much attention it's going to get with basketball being so relevant uh, Eli also will have practices after the spring game. He's done that the last few years. So the spring game is not necessarily the culmination of spring practices. Uh, the quarterback competition is going to be what everybody talks about, what everybody watched. I don't know how much we'll actually see of Sam Horn and Jake Garcia, you know, doing live drills. Uh, but it's going to be those two guys, uh, because we know Brady cook is out with the shoulder injury. So, uh, really, really interesting, uh, spring for that program. Um, but it, they're going to have to share the spotlight. Yeah, and we'll hear from Brady Cook eventually on is he is he planning on being in this or I, I think as of now it's hey he's back he's going to be back when he's healthy and yeah. he'll be competing. Um, we'll see if that if that changes. I like the scheduling factor. I think it's a it's a smart of Mizzou to make sure that Tony Vitello bringing his Tennessee baseball team to Mizzou is is down the list of of, of viewing options because you don't just <laughs> want to continue to remind people that Tony Vitello maybe could be doing this at Mizzou that's probably a podcast for another time you've written about it and we will always especially around here in St. Louis wonder maybe why that didn't happen but it didn't and he's had great success at Tennessee along with Josh Heupel so I've always said you know that the time-honored tradition if you want to be a great coach in the SEC just spend some time at Mizzou as an assistant that's you know that's that's what they always say Dave don't you know yeah, you have no idea, but this actually ties into my lead item in my newsletter this week. What This is perfect because there's a great what if that I had never known about. It, it was almost 100 years ago. 
but Bob Brendel over at Mizzou kind of did some digging, some research recently, and he, he shared it with me. So I'm going to write about it in my newsletter. It's the, it's a great coaching. What if that no one has probably ever thought about before, except maybe Bob Bragg. Um, so uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun little one and I've, I've already written it. It'll be in your email inboxes on Friday. That folks is called a great tease. I don't have a good one. Oh, wait, if you want to read about a really cool artifact the Cardinals took to uh, Cardinal Spring Training, you can check out my newsletter too, stl3.com slash newsletter. Check those out as well. And thanks as always for checking out the podcast. Uh, stl3.com is the place for all of our Mizzou coverage. Our podcasts go there. You can find them also anywhere you download music or podcasts. Just punch in Eye on the Tigers. And if you like what you hear, do us a favor, send it on to someone who could enjoy it as well. That'll wrap us up. Plenty of coverage. Mizzou, big week in basketball. We'll have it locked at stltoday.com and in the pages of the Post-Dispatch. For Dave, I'm Ben. We will talk to you next time.